Divine Source, Great Spirit, Ancient Ones, Ancestors, Beloved Beings of Light, Master Angels, Master Healers, Master Teachers, please come be with us this day, anchoring this space sacred in service to love, in service to truth, and in service to the highest good of all. And so it is. Welcome to Talking Spirit. Um, I think we're on episode six. My name is Yuta, and I have with me again my friend Elizabeth. Greetings, welcome. So, uh, we've been sort of floating in the idea of needs and um, practically what does it mean to have our needs met on our awakening journey and do we always know exactly what we need and um, is awakening personal and the things that seem to occur to us um, on our journey are are they personal or is there possibly something higher operating that is orchestrating scenarios and situations and people and things and places for the highest good not mine not yours not your parents <laughs> or sisters or friends anything nothing personal um, but just the highest good period so we've just kind of been discussing those things here and there with well, in relation to what's happening for us, what has happened for us on our path. And yeah, we can just share a little bit about our experiences because awakening is kind of a wacky, wacky road. We, we had sort of the Alice in Wonderland vibe, you know, for last episode. And it really is a strange journey at times. And... Um, I've always felt grateful for other, you know, for hearing other people's, uh, experiences and, um, what they've gone through, what's helped them, what hasn't really helped them, uh, and apply that to my own experiences and put my own experiences into more context that, you know, helped me relax more and accept you know, what's happening. Um, so, again, I think we're always in the same boat with these kind of topics. Anything could come out. So we're, we're just in this space of uh, receiving the messages that are meant to come through for us and for you and for the whole. I was um, just in the meditation just now listening to you of why the prayer at the beginning of these talks you know and we had a little mention of that earlier today and it's because it's not personal there's not a person here that has a message that can be delivered that would be helpful there's nothing about me as elizabeth really other than i seem to be a body that seems to be a vehicle for delivering a message but mm -hmm. that it's not coming from me and, you know, that's like a deep, deep message that I knew when I was little in a way, but it seemed like there were people 
telling me how the world worked and how things were to go down and what I should be doing with myself. And it didn't jive. It didn't really resonate for me. Um, but, you know, we kind of fall into step with the world, it seems. And so this prayer to be spoken through mm-hmm. is such an answer to that deep inner call that we have, which is, this isn't about me. And this isn't about a personality looking to be somebody or get something. You know, if there is a personality in this moment, it's wanting to answer the call of my heart to serve my purpose. Mm. And so the prayer for me is so vital because it, the personality, of course, is still here. It seems to still be here, right? So it has its preferences. It has its way of defaulting into certain ways of doing things. But that's not my happy place. My happy place is saying, Spirit, you do it. You do it, not as a, oh, I'm so pitiful and I can't do it, but as a place of real acknowledgement and recognition that of myself, I can do nothing. And that this journey of awakening and healing, I know nothing, truly nothing that's helpful about it. And so it can be a real mind bender because we know that intuitively we come in here knowing that and then we get all this garbage that we seem to pick up to try to fit in and make it work here. And we just know it's not right. And it makes us sick and and suffering trying to jive these worlds that are so different into our experience. And so again, just the acknowledgement of there has to be a force greater than this little personality called Elizabeth that's operating and because if there isn't we're all screwed right I mean, if there isn't we're all just really doomed and why would we ever have a conversation like this so again there's just this real deepening that happens seemingly throughout the path of wow i really yes i'm brilliant at the light brilliant and in my magnitude in a way And yet in this other way, it's this real paradox we were talking about before that I don't really know what's for the highest good. So I've got to link up and sync up with that force that does know that is speaking through me right now. You know, I had somebody the other day give me a reflection of like, oh, you think you're so great. And the message to that person has been over and over again. This is the best I know to do is to ask for the highest and best good to be shown, to be spoken through, to be done through. Because if it was at the personality place, mm. run, <laughs> run for the hills. Because I, I, as Elizabeth, have really nothing to offer. So anyway, it's just what was showing up. It's like we need the prayer to say, do through me. Mm. Link me up, sync me up, and show me what would be helpful, because I really don't know. Mm. That's the That's the deep deep wisdom of the path mm-hmm. is like, let me show you. You think you know how this all goes down or how it works? Like we'll be humbled over and over again, not because the spirit is mean or nasty or anything like that, but mm-hmm. because the ego thinks it knows what's best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, and probably for anybody that's listening too, like we've come to a place of acceptance in a way that, you know, whatever I think I know got me into a place of not super great experience, you know, uh, stuck in a job, maybe a nine to five job that I hate or, um, having awful, you know, family relationships that do not 
serve my my highest good and it's making me sick and it's making them sick or whatever it might be i think we've kind of come to accept that whatever we think we know got us into those scenarios that don't feel expansive they don't feel like they're really getting us anywhere and you know this isn't really about getting anywhere but just energetically there's no purpose so that place of i don't really know got us to today because <laughs> i think even the way the podcast or you know whatever we're calling it this started us recording it is like you know you reached out and you didn't really know it wasn't like an idea you had it's, it's a thought that came to you and at the time i i sort of had in mind too like oh it would be nice to do some recordings or put out some videos but by myself i was too in my head about it and mm. i just couldn't get over myself mm. <laughs> you know so even even things like this these recordings they're coming from a place of i don't really know what's helpful and uh we're just doing our best to try and listen to the guidance from that beyond here voice mm -hmm. to see what's really helpful because we don't want to be stuck in our little personalities and you know in in the day-to-day -day 3d stuff so um yeah, you know, left to my own devices, mm. I would not be having this conversation here. And I certainly would not be sharing it on YouTube or on Facebook <laughs> or anywhere else. I mean, I've heard the call and had specific guidance my whole life that I'm to be sharing this way. Mm. And the God's honest truth is, like, I have not wanted to do it. Thank you, no. Real, real, like, oh, yeah, you know, arrogance, people think arrogance is like, oh, I think I'm so great. It can go the other way as well. It's like, I'm not going to share myself with anyone or anything. You know, it can go so many different ways. One person can want the stage and want center stage all day long, and that's their ego dynamic. And others of us can say, I'll be fine in the background, and I'll go up to the mountaintop, and mm -hmm. I'll just sit and meditate. Yeah, let me go and, in a cave. Yeah, and not let anybody know about me or my light. Yeah. Not as a me personality, but as a vehicle for the spirit. Well, you know? it's about the call, right? Whatever. It's like, it's so wacky in a way like whatever you hear as a call for you now you're going to have resistance to it yeah. no matter what unless you're fully enlightened right. and you're just like oh this thing oh great yeah, yeah. let's do it you know mm -hmm. but i'm not there <laughs> i'm not there yet but yeah exactly it's different for everybody how these dynamics show up and what might be helpful for everybody it is again an individualized it's a universal thing that we all are here to awaken but it's individualized in terms of how the spirit needs to work with us because we all have seemingly different programming culturally or programming from our family or programming from our country or stuff that seems to be past lives and trauma and drama and you know there's just no one size fits all and so there's no like, this is how you do it. That's ever gonna be the band-aid that's gonna cover everything up other than in a way to say, you gotta go inside, 
you got to link up and sync up with the spirit and then you got to really learn how to discern the intuition and the guidance mm -hmm. and then decide are you going to get over yourself and follow what you're being guided to do and mm -hmm. again for me we talked last time about Maladoma Somme uh, he was somebody who helped me in my journey and he was one of the many reflections in my life that said as a spirit messenger you've got to share your wisdom meaning spirits wisdom through you the way that I seem to communicate might be helpful to somebody mm -hmm. that's true for all of us yeah. we're just talking about me seemingly the personality of Elizabeth right yeah. That's true for everybody, but he's one of countless messengers that said, get over yourself. Could you please get over yourself? Mm. And it took me still more years to decide, would I step a little further off the ledge, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I had done so in so many ways. I had surrendered in so many ways, give up the job, give up this, that, and the other, you know? Mm. And yet they're just those walls that we will hit at times where we say, uh-uh, mm -hmm. not gonna do it. And then maybe somebody will come across our path that can shed some light on like why are you hung up mm. maybe there's something you could do about it and so we kind of got into some of these ideas of this talk and the inspiration for the talk of having been in our own journey of purification and healing for many years and then working with others and working with others is like, there are a lot of people these days, I just heard another person on like a YouTube saying like, oh, become a coach, let me teach you how to become a coach, kind of an advertisement. And there's so many people now that, oh, I'm gonna be a life coach and I'm gonna be a spiritual coach and I'm gonna be a tarot reader and I'm gonna do this and that and the other. There's mm -hmm. this blossoming because the call is getting louder for people that they can't deny right. it. Yeah. But you know, it's so showing up in this broad way of people wanting to answer the call, which is beautiful and exciting. But it's also like it's sticky business, you know, facilitating anyone. Because if you're facilitating people from the personality, you're going to facilitate from your ego dynamics and your structures. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that can be really hard, <laughs> really difficult. And it's a different ball of wax if mm -hmm. you're going to be facilitating people to wake up. That's a different animal than just like, oh, use your spiritual gifts to like manifest a better life kind of thing. Right, so what Yuta and I feel called to is the awakening journey, not just the healing, like use your gifts kind of journey, but the mm -hmm. like wake up, snap out of the dream. And so there's just a different, you know, way that that, that kind of calls forth the reflections from others and mm -hmm. calls forth like what's required. And so again, there's just, uh, you know, we've both have lots of different reflections of people that have called upon us to say, hey, what do you know? How can you help me get over myself? And often there's a gung-ho in the beginning, like, yeah, I really want to do this. And then as the guidance starts to come in, then the personality structures start to show up a little more. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe I don't like how you're saying this, or maybe I don't like that guidance, or maybe, you know, I don't really want to get over myself. And that's fine. But, you know, it's like, it's such a cauldron of, stuff <laughs> big stuff and you know it's not it's not for everybody you know I kind of as a kid thought oh everybody's going to want to wake up and heal mm -hmm. like I thought because that was in my heart at a very young age I was like that's what I'm here for I knew it <laughs> and I was looking around like oh it doesn't seem like anybody wants it I remember as a kid there was a book it was like Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and I think it was like about the process of death and dying kind of a thing. She was a psychologist, I think. Mm. And there was a book like that in my in my house as a kid. And I remember reading it. And it was like such food for me, for my soul. Because they were talking about these deep 
things about this this journey in a way the spiritual journey and yet I didn't see anybody living like that in my life and it was a real like wow don't you want to heal this stuff don't you want to feel good and live expansively and it was regularly these reflections seemed to be saying no 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 mm. and so you know it seemed to me like yeah that there was just not really an answer to my deep inner call but the good news is it's not personal because <laughs> the call is the call and it's beyond any bodies and it's just what's happening it's just what we're here for and so yeah it's just uh but it seems like you have to make a choice or something that we were talking yeah. about it seems like even though it's impersonal it still seems like the person has to make a choice right well I know for myself, you know, when I was at that point where I was like, okay, I, I have nothing more in the world right now mm. that interests me. I don't really want to keep working my job. I don't hate it, but I just don't have any interest anymore. It's kind of boring now. Mm. And, you know, sort of, I always call it like my life was sort of running out, like all the normal stuff that everybody was doing, living mm -hmm. life in an apartment with work. That was kind of running out in my mind. And I, I had had uh, some calls with David Hofmeister, who's a Course in Miracles teacher. And I was listening to his teachings and, um, you know, teachings from other people that were in his community at the time. And it just was like, it felt so fresh mm -hmm. and like, like it was like there was Alive. a spark. Yeah. yeah. Like it was just like, oh, these people mm -hmm. there, every moment seems seems like yeah. you know this is kind of yeah. my reception of it at the time it just felt like there was such an inspiration and mm. such a joy of being alive that I was like well I don't mm. really feel that great to be alive you yeah. know like I want that that sounds good so it was like I don't know I don't know how to do that on my own and so I applied to join this community and I got there you know, I was accepted. I had a call with, with one of the people there and almost like an interview, you know, to, to see if it would be a really good fit or not mm. because it's not for everybody. Yeah. Um, but I, I was accepted and I went there and it was in Hawaii at first and almost immediately, like the first house meeting, let's mm. say, I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> Nobody's getting any help. Like people were sharing like problems they were having, crying and all looping. kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Not really oh. looping, but just it was an expression session. Oh, so people it. were like kind Off of in a circle there. and just like, here's what is going on for me today. I'm going to leave it on the altar, so to speak. Got it. The spirit can handle it. But I didn't get that. <laughs> I was just like, this person is having problems and nobody is helping them. What is going on? So I'm like, <laughs> I didn't share. <laughs> I didn't share at that meeting, but I'm just like sitting there like this ain't right. Like what's <laughs> happening, you know? And so I um I ended up talking with the person that was kind of overseeing the volunteers uh -huh. at that time, and I just shared this with her and we took a walk around the neighborhood 
and I shared it with her and she kind of gave me a bigger context you know mm. this is this is kind of what's happening right this is why it looks this way right. you know like we're not addressing these problems because they're actually not real problems right. there's something moving through and it's it's being shared from a place of I don't like how this feels right. and I would like to be wrong yeah. about how yeah. I see this situation. Beautiful. So I'm sharing this right now and I'm putting it on the altar and please spirit help me see yeah. this differently. Yeah, you know, this is a bit language from the course, but but I needed that context to yeah. really fully be able to relax into these kind of expression session yeah. uh, meetings there because like I said, it felt like from my place of what I saw, what I thought I knew is that people were struggling and not getting any help because I couldn't see them getting any help. I just saw them crying <laughs> and being upset or being angry or being jealous or whatever it was. So those kind of moments, I think, happen over and over where something's happening and you have your reference point so to speak i have my reference point of what i think is going on and i'm interpreting and i may not know that i'm interpreting and so i believe in what i think and feel in the moment and it could be really distressing so you know for me at that time i needed to have some help mm -hmm. Because I was really, I didn't know what I believed mm -hmm. to be true. So I needed to have the space to share with somebody who seemed to have gone before me and could see a bigger picture. And, you know, even just like an outside perspective, like, mm -hmm. here's what I think is going on. This feels awful. Like, what are they, you know, I feel like I'm being mistreated or whatever. Right. Whatever it might be. And so... Being aware of needing help is so important it's when you of, need it. It's kind of the basis of yeah. the spiritual path in a way. I mean, ultimately, there's the idea, you know, that you go home alone in a sense, right? That the inside job is solitary in mm -hmm. a way, you might say. Mm -hmm. And yet, it seems like everybody that really walks a path does so with support throughout in large part you know having either just a one-on-one -on -one facilitator or a spiritual guide or a community a sangha or whatever and you know again or just a friend that yeah you feel really totally. like on the same level with like totally. you understand like i want to say something to you yeah. without you feeling like it's real. personal to yeah right <laughs> because i don't want it to right. be real like I want to share this to see that I'm wrong in some way because it feels bad right yeah I mean you know again the idea that we've shared throughout our talks is like your inspiration to get on your path is a little different than mine yeah. in some respects like we both felt the call early in our lives and that was a given but some of my healing seemed to have looked like it was in part around the idea of a mother who seemed to have had the journey of alcoholism and, and the kind of devastation to my life that that seemed to have kind of brought about. You know, I see it differently today, but at the time it seemed like my mother was this force of nature that was really destructive in, in my mind and in my life. 
And so that was part of what kind of kicked off my journey. And then also I seemed to have had a 10-year relationship where the guy I had, had been in a relationship left me after I'd moved to Manhattan. I got my own, you know, got an apartment that the two of us only could share, you know, and, and next thing you know, no, I'm not coming to New York. So those those two things were kind of the pressure cookers that drove me deeper. The healing process had already started, but they drove me pretty deep in. And my mother had almost lost her life from internal bleeding at one point. And that kicked me into a deeper, like, oh my God, I have, to, I have, I really need some help. And so I learned about a place called the Karen Foundation, which I feel inspired to talk about. Um, and it was a place that people went for drug and alcohol addiction, but there was also a family program, which I felt really called to go to. And so it was like a week long or maybe two weeks or 10 days or something. And it was for people that you know, were friends, family, et cetera, of people with really devastating sickness. And, um, and so I thought I was going there to learn more about the problems of the people in my life <laughs> and very quickly was shown, no, you're the problem, Elizabeth, not as a, oh, wrongness, but as a, oh, it's your, actually, it's your own mind and your own reaction to things. Mm -hmm. And so I got a mirror right back onto myself dynamically at a time when I thought I was just going to go learn how to manage the unmanageable people in my life. No, I was told you're unmanageable in your own thinking. Damn. And I was told your mm -hmm. thinking stinks mm -hmm. dynamically. And they were right. And they saved my life. And I thought to myself, who are you people? You know, I mean, they were experts at, at taking people like me through this, you know, mm. big anxiety, big depression, big, you know, I just want to die. I didn't really take any actions ever in my life to try to kill myself. But that was kind of my state of mind all the time. And um, so they, you know, they recommended when I left that week-long program or however long it was that I consider going and finding 12-step support like Al-Anon or CODA or whatever. And I did end up going through almost every 12-step program to check it out. And what I found was every 12-step program was talking about the stinking thinking of the mind that the dis-ease internally was an, a spiritual state. <laughs> that it was a spiritual malady in every 12-step. It didn't matter if you talked about sex or gambling or drugs or alcohol or relationships as being the seeming problem. They all were saying, no, it's your disconnect from the divine and it's your stinking thinking and it's a spiritual malady that has to be treated with a solution that's spiritually based. Hallelujah. And so for a short time, I had that kind of support as well of looking at myself. Mm -hmm. And having people that had a greater context, as you said, that said, hey, your head's up your butt. Mm. You are completely confused about yourself and the world and everything else. Mm -hmm. And that was at the same time that the course came to me, you know, mm. so 25 some years ago. And, you know, I had to have people that had a greater vision, a much greater vision. I mean, a dynamically greater vision right, of what was possible for me. Mm -hmm. And when they told me that my stinking thinking was my problem, I didn't always like it. I did not find that to be really acceptable a mm -hmm. lot of the times. And when they told me to do service and to get out of myself, I wasn't thrilled about it or mm -hmm. whatever. But they knew they had an answer to whatever their inner disease was. Mm -hmm. They had an answer for it. And like you, I wanted to feel happy and grateful and joyful and at peace in my mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I found people, thank God, over and over again. And mm -hmm. I didn't always stick with them. I didn't always stay a long time. I seemed to have been a, a mover along my path into different arenas. But 
everywhere I've been through these 25 years, there's been a messenger saying it's not personal. Mm -hmm. This is the one mind looking to wake up and you're asleep and you're unconscious in a lot of ways. And we're going to make these things conscious by taking a look at them. Mm -hmm. And it often felt like I was being shattered. And I was at the personality level. It was like a cold, hard glass of water in the face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I'm thinking of Yes Man. Mm. You know, in a way, like all of us are going through what Jim Carrey goes through in that movie. Like we don't, at some point, we realize we don't really like our lives. We don't like people. Uh, we, whatever, like we're not happy. Being on the hamster wheel yeah. of making money. And, yeah, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, how was your day? Oh, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. That's not really, down, deep down, we don't really want to just have, oh, yeah, okay days. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a phase in the very beginning when we, you know, get on this journey and realize something's not right, something's not working, where we have to say yes to a lot of stuff that maybe doesn't make sense in the moment. Totally. So, you know, like when a teacher you find you find somebody that feels helpful to you and they may share things with you that seem crazy <laughs> sometimes actually yeah. the best thing is to just say okay yeah. i'm going to try that mm-hmm. even though some part of you is saying like this is ridiculous mm-hmm. like you can watch that happening like this is ridiculous and let me just remember why I came to this person for help. Right. Because I don't know what I'm doing. So they seem like they're happy. Yeah. So I'm going to just let them help me for some mm-hmm. time and, um, yeah, and just take in as much as I can from them, even if it sounds mean or harsh or like, why would you make me do that? I just did it. Or mm-hmm. you want me to do that again? You know, like I... I had seven years in spiritual community and there were so many times where it's like, well, I know how to do that. No, go do it now this way. (laughs) There's something there Uh for you that you haven't looked at yet. So go do it this way. And you would, I would do it this way. And it's like, you know, start out like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. This is so stupid. They don't know what they're doing. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah right and it's just it's very very humbling you kind of have to expect that you're going to be humbled on the spiritual journey and it's it's not fields of flowers you know like Mm -hmm. it's not a feel-good sort of thing a lot of the times that's a result you know yeah I mean there can be some core issues that you can like have the spirit drop through dynamically like deep down fast you get through to a core issue and it's healed and it's like hallelujah but a lot of the times it seems to be the onion peeling Mm -hmm. one layer at a time kind of a thing sloughing off the Mm -hmm. dead skin you know deleting programs that are really pervasive and pernicious in your mind it's not you know, it's not a fun journey. And, you know, it's like, if you really want to wake up, it's got to all go. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, most of us aren't taken to that place of realization when we're not ready for it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like, yeah, you got to really 
in a certain way, you have to understand that it's a deep, deep dive mm-hmm. uh, or else you're just going to be in constant resistance. You know, I have somebody that a young, you know, 16 year old that showed up in my life that I was working with for a bit. And it's like they want out. You know, I knew at 16 I wanted out of my suffering, but I wasn't ready to really understand that I was responsible for how I dealt with my mind stuff, that there wasn't going to be somebody, a parent, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a family member, a whatever, that was going to fix it for me, you know, that I had to really take responsibility for myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it if you don't want it, it's just like you're being dragged across the cement and you're just getting bloodied and it feels like hell, you know, and even when you think you want it, you know, I had years of like, I know that this is my only answer. I know it's my only answer. And yet I still had my foot on the gas and on the brake at the same time and wondered why I was just like burning out left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's like, it's a tough nut to swallow sometimes. Yeah. So there has to be like, I think I shared this too, like when we talked about this idea of this topic, like we have to be really, really, like really, um, like fine tuned in terms of how we're actually feeling authentically. Mm -hmm. Like, because, you know, a lot of us have this like, we find out about awakening. We know it's possible. You know, I come from A Course in Miracles that tells us awakening is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Great. And, you know, like that's the only reason really to be here. Like you want to wake up. And so there's this part in the mind that wants to be so good. And like, it just, wa- it, you know, there's this yes man phase of like, okay, yes, this is working. I don't really like it, mm-hmm. but I will just accept it for now because... Mm-hmm. I have to just remind myself I don't know what's happening and I don't know what's right for me, what's best for me. And there seem to be these other times where saying yes, even if you think you want to, because somewhere you know, like Mm -hmm. you just shared, like, of course this is the right thing. Of course this is going to be helpful. Sometimes it's almost like it's not enough because it's not, maybe it's just... You're saying yes to the wrong thing in the moment, mm-hmm. even if it looks like it's going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, like you've been following maybe a certain teacher and you love their teaching and it's like, oh, this is really speaking to me. Maybe there's a place where it's like, I don't know why it's not making sense mm-hmm. or I don't mm-hmm. I don't get inspired by this anymore. But you have loved it so much. You yeah. want to continue saying yes and yeah. keep taking it in. And you can really like confuse yourself if you're not paying attention to the authentic experience yeah because sometimes you can fall into smallness by staying in situations that have been really helpful in the past like yeah you know like being in a spiritual community i i couldn't stay yeah i've had so many times in my journey where i thought this is it yeah oh i love these people i love this way of looking at things i love the support i love the community i love it i love it i'll be here forever exactly and it's like yeah no you won't actually (laughs) no actually you won't Mm -hmm. and you know it can be a real doozy like when i went into the yoga community it was right about the year mark where I would decide if I was going to become like official official where, mm-hmm. you know, I would be 
staff. I was a volunteer for that year. It was 24-7 just as if I was staff, but there was a distinction that they made mm -hmm. for themselves about it. Um, and so, yeah, I was in the, in the vortex of where am I to be? What's helpful here? And I got bounced out so hard. And when I bounced out, I bounced out into like house sitting. A woman had a an apartment in Soho or something she was from Europe and she was like traveling or something so I had she asked if I wanted to watch her place and like apartment sit or house sit and I did uh, and so I bounced out of spiritual community back into the like what am I doing now no container hell on earth no purpose no clarity about what I was to do it was so hard but it was like I wasn't to be there I wasn't to stay there and I could have parked it if I had been left to my own devices, I might have tried to make myself fit in there. Mm -hmm. And what happened instead was a deepening at looking at all the crap in my mind and the anxiety and the thinking I could figure it out and thinking I could, you know, like, should I get a job again? Oh, you know, just the mental mm -hmm. mind twists. That container gave me some certainty and some surety and some structure and some support. And then there was a time where I had to be back feeling like I was flapping with my butt out in the world, you know, like on my own again. Mm -hmm. And I never was on my own, but it felt that way. And I could never have seen some of those parts of my mind, you know, without being thrown out in a way. Yeah. Of course, spirit didn't throw me out, but it felt like that at the mm -hmm. time. It felt like, why have you forsaken me? Oh, mm -hmm. you know, I was terrified. Mm -hmm. And so, but, but still, even those gyrations, again, it's back to this, it's not personal, it's kind of the journey in a way, and it may look slightly different for your journey, but, you know, they're kind of these common threads of untangling our minds mm -hmm. uh, that just are, seem to be part of the journey. And as you said, there are some things that just are, are not going to feel helpful but years later, you look back on them and you go, oh, my God, thank God for that person. Thank God for that message. Thank God for that piece of direction that I thought was so over the top or so off base, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it kind of bottom lines one of the great things about the 12-step arena, if you ever check it out. It's like it doesn't matter if you're looking at something of like an Al-Anon or, you know, a severe like, you know, people that have suffered from like something like... Um, heroin addiction ultimately it's the same thing which is life or death like bottom lining it that's the beauty of the 12 steps bottom lining it into that it's life or death it's the same thing with the awakening do you want to be dead and asleep or do you want to be awake and alive do you want to be stuck in the muggle and the soup of I don't know what's what, I can't see what's what, I'm miserable and want to die every day. It's just like, oh. Mm. So, but that, but to get out of that, you've got to get into the impersonal. You and have I to don't get, know. yeah, it's such a paradox. It's I such know. a mind bender. It's, it can sound like we're talking in circles because in a way we are, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But it gets, I think it gets really fun. Like for me, it got really, the spiritual journey got really fun when, when I realized I don't know and I have a helper with me that I can access. Mm -hmm. Like I learned to listen to that inner voice. Mm -hmm. I can feel it. It's different for everybody. Sometimes people ask me, how do you hear voices? No, 
sometimes I hear my own voice, mm -hmm. but I know it's not me talking. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I see images, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I have, I have that. And now, you know, now that a lot of the clearing out has kind of taken place, and it's still going to, but, you know, it's not so intense all the time anymore. Right. Now there's, there's like a fun bit, like, oh, oh, you, mm, you want me to do a recording? Mm -hmm. I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, like, it's kind of fun, but also like, <laughs> I don't know, like, mm -hmm. am I going to make sense? Like, there's, there's a lot of stuff still getting washed right. in, in these things, but it's still like, Oh, I'm doing recordings. Mm. That's kind of cool. I didn't think I would ever do that. Yeah. So the spirit is just when you when you drop a lot of the like initial big chunks, the spirit it wants to just have fun with you. Actually, yeah. I mean, you we know? don't we so, don't feel good in our littleness. No, that's the thing. You know, and that's what you're speaking to. Yeah. It's like why do people develop drug and alcohol addictions because they like the lightness that it initially gives them. They like the sense of expansion into some part of themselves, you know, that, that they don't feel so plugged into. And, you know, rather than go, oh, well, that's possible in my mind and in my heart with the spirit, people keep going back to a seeming form. Oh, I'll get it through sex. I'll get it through drugs. I'll get it through whatever. Running really aggressively. I'll get myself into a state of mind if I run marathons all the time. You know, people try to get that, as we've talked about before, with the seeming body stuff. But what we're really saying is I don't want to live from the past. I don't want to live in yesterday's wisdom or knowing. I don't want to live in history. I don't want to live in the I know mind. I want to live in the wow, this is pretty weird and interesting and miraculous. Like, what is going on here? Well, this is so interesting. And you know? like, you know, when you get certain guidance from the spirit, what he's, he, she, however it, you, yeah. it, you know, whatever it is for me, doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you get guidance that you didn't expect, you're being told you can do, you can do so much more. You're so much bigger than you think, yeah. you know? And like, you know, for us, me and Elizabeth, like we have started working with some people here and there. And, you know, when I was in spiritual community too, I was in those leadership roles and I was always working with people, counseling people. And part of me was so like, I can't do that. Like, I've never done that. How do I do that? Yeah, but that's your role now. Right. So you can do it. And you just let the words come out. You let the hug come out or whatever it needs to be in this moment. You need to, you let the firmness come out and it's going to be really inspiring. Maybe not right away, but you're going to see like there's a, there's something that you can let move through you. That's going to feel really expansive. It's going to totally. strengthen you and give you confidence, real confidence. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I keep having the last couple of days, maybe because this talk was going to come in this way, because we kick around stuff and then we just sort of drop it. And then yesterday I was like, you, you, to what is it going to be? You bring it through fully. And she did. And this is great. Um, but I was having the whole idea of like a Buddhist nun, somebody that takes vows to be a Buddhist nun. That's what was showing up in the imagery. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, I've entered this Buddhist convent, let's say, and I'm you know, a, a month into the teachings and I'm green and I'm fresh. Well, often if you listen to people in those arenas, they'll be sent right away 
out into the village, go give the teachings of the Buddha. And, you know, you hear the story of, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know. I, I'm brand new. How could I do that? You know, and there's this idea of get over yourself. <laughs> and you're not the one that's going to be doing the teaching. And you have to give it away to reinforce it within yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to go from the personal to the impersonal to become that channel. And everybody that I know that has been on this kind of journey, they're always amazed when they find themselves more and more in the channel where they're just being moved, mm -hmm. where they're just being spoken through, where they're just mm -hmm. being the grace in mm -hmm. action without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about getting into a state of mind where you're doing. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about, oh, I've learned how to like play the piano and now I can do it. I've learned how I've to learned how to do people it. Yeah. And now I just do the thing. It's different, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you get to the place where it's so ingrained in your beingness that when you play the piano, you are a channel for grace, mm. magnificent beyond anything you know, it's like that's where the people that like, you know, become really big sometimes on the world stage is because they're tapping into the grace. They're not present. It becomes impersonal. Right. And that's why so many hearts and minds can receive it because it's impersonal. If it was from the personality, mm. it wouldn't have the same juju on it. Mm. You know, it's just a different animal. Mm. So... Mm -hmm. You know, we get sent out right away. You know, this is us answering that call of the spirit to say, it's not about you, Elizabeth. It's not about you, Utah. It's about letting the message of the divine through you. And here we are. We're being the impersonal. We're still talking about our stories and the personality and blah, blah, blah. But we're really here to just make space to, to say, yes, okay, got it. We're here sitting in the seat. <laughs> because again, if left to myself, I wouldn't be doing this. Me neither. And that's part of the gift of collaboration and showing up to support one another. You know, I could feel that call in Utah's heart to expand. I had the same call in my heart to expand. Ah, okay. Spirit's like, okay, bring it together and make yourselves available. Mm -hmm. And then together we have fun. Whereas by myself, I feel pretty good now, you know, like doing a channeling of a message with a spirit. But it's, this has been much more fun, you know, much more fun, much mm -hmm. more interesting, much mm -hmm. more, you know. Mm -hmm. And when we're making our videos and doing all that, it's not all on one of our backs, you know. I'm doing right. graphics, you're just doing the sound, you know. <laughs> we collaborate on the verbiage and, you know, and, yeah. and it's not burdensome whereas when it for me was in the personal like oh it's my job to perform and make money and I have to exchange for this and I have to deliver the goods that was like a noose around my neck mm. that was awful mm. could I do it did I do it pretty well yeah I seemed to but I hated it mm. it's much more fun to be in the impersonal where you're just making space for spirit mm -hmm. And it lightens the load of personal responsibility, which we've also talked about. That That's the nightmare of all nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We had talked earlier about some movies we watched. Is there any juice on any of those? They were floating around. <laughs> well, so. it's, I guess, you know, we had talked about, yeah, like, when you when you get to this place where you're you're coming with this prayer of like let me just be really helpful let me be truly helpful you show me how i can show up that's going to be the right thing for that moment and 
sometimes it almost feels like there's something that comes in mm -hmm. that's very different to you <laughs> and the way maybe you normally speak or address things because I mean I've had experiences like this working with people where I could tell the spirit wanted me to say something mm -hmm. in a very specific way that maybe would sound angry or uh, like I'm accusing somebody of or something. judgmental, judgmental, whatever. <laughs> but it was simply like something just, the spirit just wanted to address something that people were falling asleep about. Mm. And that's, like we said, like that's not a fun thing, but it actually is just what's required. And when you can let it flow through, um, you know, you still may get like a little uncomfortable because you're not used to that energy, but it's actually, that's what's needed in the moment. And I think the scene, you know, from the movie we just watched, Existence, uh, I just love that scene because it's exactly how it feels. You know, there it's a movie where people are plugging into this VR game. And when you show up in the game, you're kind of still you. You're aware of your personality and your name. But in the game, you have another role to play that has specific things it must say for the goal to be reached, for the scenes to continue going. And there's a scene where Jude Law first feels that, where he says something and it comes through really strongly. But it, And he was like, he didn't know what he was saying. Mm -hmm. I, that wasn't me. I don't know what that was. Right, that's what he says. You know, yeah. it's a really weird energy. <laughs> but that's just, it was what was needed. And I just love that because when you can let things just be that way, like you're coming from the prayer and you just let things come out the way they have to come out. That's when you can really, and, and you watch what's happening. Like, oh, that was really helpful. Mm. Oh, they needed to hear it that mm. way. They wouldn't have heard it if yeah. I had tried to make it sound nice. Right. Or sweet or oh you know this kind of coddling vibe yeah nobody would have heard it yeah the, the message spirit, wouldn't have come through yeah the spirit doesn't compromise with us and we can't compromise if we really want to wake up and if we're here to be helpful to others then we have to sometimes deliver you know the cold glass of water for spirit or flip the table or flip like the jesus. table like jesus yeah i mean big time right mm -hmm. I was thinking about, I've mentioned to Utah, the Swami that started the, the uh, Vedanta centers throughout the world, uh, Swami Vishnu Devananda, up in Canada, apparently when he was alive, he would go out with some of the, you know, disciples, students, whatever, and go be found in town drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette, having an ice cream, all those kinds of things. And it would dynamically bring up people's crap, right? What do you mean? He's a renunciate. He's a swami. What do you mean he's smoking? What do you mean you saw him drinking a beer? You know, it put people's minds into such a spin that was necessary to blast out the idea of what's it's to be spiritual. What do you think this is all about? You know, people get so rigid in our thinking. We can get rigid in our thinking that, you know, we just have to sometimes have these things really in our face dynamically you know to really see it 
You know, people have been signing off on our BS potentially, and we've been telling the story over and over again. One of the movies we also watched is uh, I Heart Huckabees. It's such a great movie. Jude we love Law it again. so much. And Jude Law <laughs> is retelling over and over again this story about Shania Twain and mayonnaise and tuna fish, tuna fish and chicken salad. <laughs> and, you know, he eventually gets sick because he's Physically. in his healing journey with these people and he's having his world rocked and he finally sees and not only sees but feels the intensity of these old dynamics being flushed into awareness and he literally starts throwing up in a business meeting trying to sell the Shania trying story to, trying to sell the story one more time that had had good value for him for a long time it got him lots of laughs it got him into places and spaces of possibility in his career that were really helpful you know in his mind mm -hmm. and it wasn't working anymore mm -hmm. so you know we we have these ways that we have manipulated our realities told ourselves these stories to perpetuate the dream and the asleepness that if we want to wake up, they got to go bye-bye. And some of them we've been telling for so long, not just seeming lifetime, not just this to like, oh, well, I'm 52 years old and I've been telling this story for 20 years. No, maybe 20,000 lifetimes we've been telling this crap out. And how's it working? Not so much. Not so much. So we have to be taken out of the personal into the impersonal and the, and the healing that's delivered for us. If we have the prayer, please heal my mind, it's going to show up in all kinds of ways. And if you can look at it, we've said this many times in these talks, if you can look at it as this is an answer to my prayer for healing, it's just a lot easier and a lot more gentle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a lot less challenging and rough. Mm hmm yeah. Anything else? Yeah, I guess that's just my prayer and like my prayer for everybody else too that we can all allow it to be smooth and quick to come come from personal to impersonal that that transition comes quickly in the moment as things arise. Yeah, ease and grace. Mm. Ease and grace and swiftly. Yeah. yeah. We do not Really, we're not on the timeline. You might feel like you're on the timeline, but actually we're not actually in time. And so it does not need to take time yeah. for this. It's actually a moment by moment proposition to drop the rocks. And it's always a call into magnitude. Always a call into magnitude. A call from I'm a small little person into, oh I'm my God, limitless. I'm a big fire. Exactly. That that has a function yeah. of joy and like just, yeah, lighting up. Yeah, and that big <laughs> fire is not Utah. No. That big fire is the impersonal that is blasting through her. And those are two different things. Mm. If we were trying to do this as Utah and Elizabeth, not so much. Yeah. But when we get out of the way, the magnitude can come through. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Oh. Shine your light. Yeah. Please. Yeah. We need to bask in your glow. Yeah. We need to enjoy your radiance with you. And when you give it away, it can expand even more mm. and be a blessing to all. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for thanks listening. Everyone. 
been a delight. Mm-hmm. Lots of love. <laughs>